Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hey, welcome back to CRE Success, the podcast. We're in the second season. This is episode 15. And my special guest today is Angela Barwick. She is the chair of the Australian chapter at Cornet Global. She is also an account executive working for Space IQ, which is a global workplace management technology company. Not surprisingly, we're gonna talk about Cornet, we're gonna talk about PropTech, and we'll also hear from Angela because she has a, a background in occupancy planning about the one thing that people often get wrong when it comes to planning an office move. Stick around because Angela is my special guest in just 30 seconds. 90% of the world's data was generated in the last two years. Credia is a business intelligence and analytics tool for commercial real estate professionals. Using real-time insights, track key portfolio metrics and benchmark against the market so you can make faster and well-informed decisions. With live dashboards and bespoke reporting, impress both your executive team and your property clients. It's time to turn data into your most valuable asset with Credia from Released. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Angela, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Hi, Darren. Thanks for having me. Well, Angela, the first thing that we do is always ask our guests to step into the virtual elevator to give us their elevator pitch. So I have to ask you the question, Angela, who are you? Thanks, Darren. I'm Angela. I am a passionate and driven female. I have three roles. I work for a technology organisation globally. I am also the chair of a, a not-for-profit um, board in the industry of corporate real estate. And I'm a mum. I have two little boys um, at home in Melbourne. And they re- those three roles really make me who I am. Wonderful. Well, um, I do want to talk to you about time management because that sounds like a very, very big hat that you're wearing that might be um, a lot of, I don't know if I'd say burden, but certainly a lot of responsibility that you're carrying around. So to, to peel the layers back a little bit, the technology organization is Space IQ, right? That's correct. Yes. And the not-for-profit is Cornet. Yeah, correct. Cornet Global Australia. All right. So look, I do want to speak to you about Space IQ and also your experience in the industry as a corporate real estate and facilities management expert. I don't have too many questions about being a mum, but maybe we can start <laughs> with Cornet if that's okay with you. Yeah, sounds good. Thank All right. You. Okay. So look, I think some of our listeners who are quite experienced in commercial real estate may not be that familiar with Cornet particularly people who are working in the uh, agency side with uh, sales and, you know, working mainly with investors. So how would you describe Cornet to somebody who isn't familiar with the organisation? Yeah, good question. So Cornet is a corporate real estate association. It's a not-for-profit and it's an industry body similar to your FMA, Facilities Management Australia or PCA, Property Council Australia. But Cornet is different in that we focus on the corporate real estate and we deal a lot with the occupiers of those spaces. So many of our members are end users. And the association is there to bring together a professional arena for people working in this space, either as end users in the space or service providers in this uh, in corporate real estate, to to network, to connect, um, and really as a professional growth and learning uh, association as well. 
Okay, so there's there's networking, there's training. When I think of PCA, which is Property Council of Australia, they do a lot of advocacy on behalf of the industry. Is that part of Cornet's role? Not so much. Um, what we try to do is is be very internal as an organisation and talk to our members and our sponsors around the value proposition for them in working in this space. So we don't do a lot of, of lobbying or advocacy per se, as PCA would to, to achieve property outcomes. What we're trying to do is, is look at bringing people together to share learning and do that globally so that we have a, a, a network of like a knowledge base so that we can share those experiences and learn from each other. Got it. Okay. So if uh, I'm working as a commercial real estate professional, let's say, maybe we can ask from two perspectives, one working on the service provider side and one working on the end user side. You've mentioned networking, you've mentioned training. What would be the main benefits for those two groups to join an organization like Hornet? So Cornet has a big focus on the content that we share with people. And so staying across industry trends would be one of the reasons why service providers would join and work with Cornet. So it gives them an opportunity to build relations, but it also gives them a forum to, to see where the industry is heading, whether that's in workplace, whether that's in leasing, whether that's in construction and the built environment. So we actually have a dedicated content or program team that are looking at the, you know, the what's happening in the industry, what, what you know, who is the subject matter experts in their fields and how can we share that information so service providers i would see would generally get involved with cornet so that they can um, not only build the relationships with people in the industry but also so that they could stay across the the industry trends and, and stay relevant to their clients got it well you've taken on the role of national chair this year right that, that's correct we had a transition at the start of april Okay, that must be, um, I guess, a, must have been a big decision to take on that role, given the other two hats that you mentioned earlier that you're wearing. First, of course, you've got to put yourself forward and then you actually need to get the role and then you've got to do the actual work. So I want to ask you, why did you decide to do it and what would you like to achieve as the chair during your tenure? Oh, good questions. So I've been associated with Cornet since I was a young professional. So I started in, in Young Leaders and I've been associated with the organisation since, since back in 2013. So in my early days, I, I joined Cornet as a young female looking for a place to belong and looking for mentors for people that I can learn from. And I was really fortunate that the chair at the time and all of the people and engagements that I had with, you know, at, at Cornet Functions were, were really positive to me, to, for me in my career. So over the years, I've watched how much, you know, hard work and effort goes into to the running and organisation of the chapter in Australia, but also I've been on the receiving end of those professional and personal benefits in my career and in my network and just professional growth. So for me, becoming chapter chair was a progressive journey, but it was a very conscious choice to be able to show other young females and other young leaders that you can work in this space and have a place and add value. So I, I guess it was a bit motivational in that I, I wanted to, to show others and be a pillar um, for inspiration for others. But I also wanted to give back to an association that had given me so much. So it's like any extracurricular activity. You only get into it what you get out of it. Like sorry, you only get out of it what you get what you put into it. And so for me working on the committee and, and becoming um, you know privileged enough to, to lead the other executives means that now I have a chance to give back to an association and to a cohort of people in Australia that, that have really helped shape 
shaped me in my career over the last, you know, almost 10 years. And just for our listeners, um, I know the answer to this, but just for their clarity, it's an unpaid role that you're in, right? Yes, that's correct. It is a volunteer. The entire committee is a volunteer uh, run by volunteers. Right. So you're putting in, you're getting back. It's You're getting back some of that, I guess, intrinsic satisfaction that you can get from the contribution that you're willing to make to help more young people and in your case, particularly more women, to feel like they can belong and that they can advance and that there is opportunities for them and they potentially can do it all within our industry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a real privilege to sit at the to sit in the chair position. Um, we've got a great executive board, and I'm surrounded by amazing professionals that every day in our interactions will help me. And, and they're learnings that I can apply from my career and my day job to help improve the, the operations of the chapter. But there are also those things that my peers around can can help me to grow personally and professionally as well. Is there a particular role that Cornet can play to help women in the industry because commercial real estate uh, more generally, but also corporate real estate is more of a male-dominated industry? So what's the role for Cornet to play to help women belong? I think it comes down to the values of Cornet. The, The values of the association is to connect, grow, learn and belong. And so having that intrinsically in the values of the members that are there and also the committee, for me, that was a safe place. I'd actually have to pay um, my respects to all of the men that are working in this industry that are associated with Cornet because they're the ones who have, you know, made me feel like this is a dream that is possible and that, that my voice can be heard and that I do have the right to speak and to contribute without any, you know, discrimination or, or, or even fear, you know, that I won't be taken seriously. So it has been really, a, I think, a value of those members and those um, predecessors to to really set that as a cultural framework for how we communicate and engage in the Cornet community. When I think back to Cornet events that I've attended, both in Australia since I came back here a couple of years ago, but also I used to go to every single Asia-Pacific Cornet um, conference in Asia-Pacific last decade, I've probably been to eight or nine in Singapore and Shanghai and Hong Kong. The gender balance is actually pretty even, or at least I'd say it's maybe it's 40, 60. I don't know the numbers, but it's certainly much more even than many other industry associations within our industry. So I think Cornet's actually done a really good job and perhaps been before its time when it comes to uh, inclusion and also recognising the contribution of, you know, diversity to enhancing our industry. And particularly when I look at the the leadership roles within Cornet, there's been a lot of prominent women in those leadership roles over the years. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. There have been prominent, strong females, which is, is good from a, a motivational, inspirational perspective. Um, but you, you are correct. We do have a, a good balance in our community, in our Cornet community. And on diversity and inclusion, what we've actually done this year is made a conscious choice to have a subcommittee representative that will help make diversity and inclusion be part of our DNA. So while we have been kind of at the forefront, as you say, with early adopters in, in making sure that everyone does have that level playing field and a sense of equality. We are now making a conscious choice to look at diversity inclusion, not just from a gender perspective, from an accessibility, um, you know, or or all all of the elements of of inclusion. And that will actually be, you know, we've just published our charter this year. And so it will now become part of how we deliver our events going forward across the board. 
Okay, Angela, well, what systems and strategies do you put in place to make sure that you can balance your work, your core net responsibilities, but also your family responsibilities? I know you, you, you see yourself as having a role to play as a role model for others in the industry. So I'm sure people would love to hear how you can balance all these responsibilities and still get everything done. So what, what are you doing to, to put in place the systems and structures to help you do that? Okay, so firstly, I'd say I'm still learning how to balance. Um, But I think I went to, when I was really early in my career, I went to a Women in Property event and it was really interesting that keynote speaker there gave us the analogy of a a professor. And I think your your listeners may be familiar with this. It's about filling your cup. And the the professor put rocks in the cup first, big rocks, and asked the students if the, the cup was full. And then he put in the pebbles and then the sand and then the water. And so for me, when I look at the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I want to put my task on, um, you know, put my mind on and spend my time on, it's really comes down to understanding, you know, you can keep filling that cup all the way to to pouring the water over the top of the sand and it can be full. But if it matters to you and if you can understand what is now and what's important now, then I can very easily flick my brain from my workplace technology expertise to fostering and nurturing my Cornet community to spending quality time with my family. And and I really think it just comes down to finding a balance will be different for everyone. I have a very strong Um, I guess, morale um, that there is no work life or home life. There's just life. And so I think that in my case, my worlds have all collided and I just try to use that analogy of the cup to make sure that I know what's what's important to me right now. And if I'm spending time with my big rocks, which is my family, then that's the most important thing that I should be doing right then. So I think kind of sense checking that is how I do that daily. What's important and what's most important to be doing right now? That is a wonderful answer. Thank you so much for sharing that. I had heard the rocks analogy before and then pouring in the sand so you can fit in less important things, but I'd, I'd heard about it in terms of investment, but not in terms of balancing or at least, you know, putting everything that's important in your life into that cup. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit about technology, so let's get into that. Your current position at Space IQ. what does Space IQ do and what's your role in the organisation? So Space IQ is a new brand for us. We've brought together three um, technology companies. So so Space IQ is an overarching brand, global technology provider, focusing in on workplace management and integrated workplace management technologies. So we have three product lines, Archibus, Cereview and SIQ. But effectively, all of those product lines, you know, fantastic technology solutions. And what Space IQ's objective is to work with the corporate real estate and property management sector to help provide uh, technology solutions to solve their, their corporate real estate challenges in whatever manner that they may appear. So my role at the organisation in Asia Pacific is looking um, after new business. So it is a role where I, I guess, share my subject matter expertise from working in the industry and apply that to how different technology solutions may actually help streamline and deliver better business outcomes for our clients. Well, given Space IQ's position, um, I'm interested to hear your answer on my next question. It's about prop tech and, you know, we're all becoming more familiar with it. How do you think commercial real estate as an industry is doing when it comes to the adoption of technology? 
good, actually, I'd say. I think corporate real estate, I think over the last decade, we've been, particularly Asia-Pacific region, I might say, we've been pretty early adopters of technology. I think that for the, for the last 10, 15 years, people uh, have been early in this space to recognise that technology can be a tool to help. And so I think the adoption has been um, rather solid in terms of finding better ways and more innovative ways to do things a little bit more strategically or, or to leverage technology um, to complement our day-to-day activities. So I would say that there has been, you know, a pretty good uptake and, and we can see that based on the growth and success of Space IQ globally. But what I think is really interesting is that our industry is evolving so much and changing so much. And so technology just, I don't know which way it is, is technology innovating quick enough that the industry is keeping up or is our industry innovating and changing so quickly that the technology is, you know, just one or two steps behind. So I think that we've actually got a really good relationship with technology in this space and it's really exciting now, particularly in 2021, um, to watch that adoption of Proctet just get faster and faster and faster. All right, then, well, what's a technology that's not currently widely used that you think would help service providers and end-user clients work together more productively in the corporate real estate space? Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. I think um, big data is a really kind of you know AI and big data and machine learning in the technology space. You see them at all the conferences; they're there. But I think for us as an industry, we really need to have that strong foundation. And so, for end users and service providers alike, the key thing for any improvement in this space is understanding that if we want to work better together we have to have a a shared and common vision but we also have to have measurable insights so that adage uh, the old adage that you can't improve what you can't measure it, it basically is the same across the place management facilities management all of the spaces that our technologies touch um even moves if service providers that are you know running these portfolios or end users want to be more strategic we really do have to adopt these technologies in the first instance and start to review, um, you know, how uh, data and technology can help us move forward with our goal. And the key the key thing, I think, the key inside of technology that I think we will see more and more of in the future will be um, reservation scheduling type technologies because end users and corporations will try to minimise, consolidate the space they have post-pandemic, but some will up to even 50% of their portfolio over the next two to three years. So there's leasing impacts, there's sublease impacts as well. But for service providers who run those spaces and for end users who need to work in those spaces, the, the only real way that those type of goals and, and promises to C-suite will be able to be delivered, if the, the, those organisations embrace that, um, you know, we need to change our mindset around reservations and start to work our assets differently and, and have our people nominate in the days that they're coming in if we are switching to more of a hybrid workplace. I can think of many instances where there has been the, you know, the little screen that's on the outside of a meeting room and people mm-hmm. just ignore it and they just go in. And I think um, in the future, people are going to have to pay more attention to that and, and to be uh, also, you know, thinking about, you know, where they're sitting and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's a, that's a good one. Um, I've got a question for you, Angela, that relates to your past experience in occupancy planning, if that's okay. 
Sure. Okay. Um, what's something that most people forget about or often get wrong when it comes to planning an office move? I think um, change of communications is sometimes uh, can historically be considered an afterthought or, or nice to have in office relocations. So it's fundamentally a, a difficult thing. Nobody likes moving in the organisation and nobody really understands it except for the, the people who are delivering it, the facilities team or the workplace experience officers. And so the key improvement I think that people could make is really investing in their, their change in communications to make those relocations frictionless. So understanding and communicating the purpose of the relocation, having the technology and toolkits to, to help take the business on the journey each step of the way. And realistically, over the last decade, relocation should be getting easier. We now are more mobile. We have laptops. You know, we shouldn't have so much stuff in a lot of organisations. But the people that work in those spaces, it's their primary um, objective is, is to do be, be productive and do their day job. And so if we can make that easier by making sure they know exactly what's happening and when and, and really over-invest in that change in communications, then that's when, you know, I can see a project go well or not so well. Well, that makes sense. When you said communication, I thought you were going to say that people forget to connect the phones. No, I thought, no. Oh, I thought that's, a, that's a big one. You've got to remember to take the phones with you and get no, them connected. No. It's basic stuff. Where do I need to be? How do I get help? Who, you know, what do I need to know if it all doesn't go smoothly? And I feel a lot of that angst about moving can be removed from the process if we invest in those changes communications that the key thing for the people delivering those projects is be patient no matter that you know what plan you put in place between the day you think you've finished the plan and the day the move is going to occur there will be changes you know I've worked on projects that have had complete restructures or you know um, divestments of business partway through a, a move plan but that that stuff happens and so you do have to be mature enough and ready to pivot when those changes or disruptions occur and underlying that is is making sure that change of communication is, is not an afterthought um, that that would really help um, improve the success of most office really locations and changes. Wonderful. Well, Angela, it's been great to have you on this episode. I want to say congratulations to you on ascending to the, the chair of National Cornet here in Australia. Well done on that. And um, thank you so much for being here on CRE Success, the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thank you once again to Angela. It was great to have you with us. If you would like to contribute ideas to what we should be talking about or who we should be talking to on CRE Success, the podcast, I'd like to invite you to do that. All you have to do is send us an email. Hello at cresuccess.co is the email address and pitch us an idea whether you think you'd make a great guest or if there's someone you know or you work with who would make a great guest or if perhaps there's a subject matter expert that you would like us to seek out to come on and talk about their skills in a way which is relevant to commercial real estate professionals, then you can let us know about it by going to hello at cresuccess.co. Of course, if you haven't listened to our back catalogue of episodes, make sure you do that or at least check what they are because we might have already covered the topic, right? So you can just scroll back through all the episodes in your podcast player. And uh, if we haven't covered it yet, then 
let us know what it is you'd like to see us tackle on CRE Success, the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at CREsuccess.co.